The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hi, this is Bowen Yang here. And if you're as excited as I am about the upcoming fourth season of Search Party on HBO Max, then you'll want to tune in to Search Party, the podcast. In each episode, I go behind the scenes with the writers and actors of the disturbingly dark comedy and chat favorite moments and themes with special guest celebrity fans. Search Party Season 4 comes to HBO Max on January 14th, with Seasons 1 through 3 available now. Meanwhile, subscribe and listen to Search Party, the podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, for all back on Coast to Coast for hour two, I wanted to say one thing really quick. Uh, over the years when I lived in Los Angeles, I had the great pleasure of knowing Tommy Lasorda and interviewing him multiple times on my radio show. Uh, what a titan that guy was. Uh, just the nicest guy you ever met in your life. The enthusiasm that guy had for life and for baseball and for the Dodger Blue and their faithful was like nothing I've ever seen before. Uh, in baseball, that guy was as passionate about uh, that team, every team, every year, and their fans, and the entire, you know, Dodger nation. It was like nothing. It was palpable, uh, and he was just the coolest guy ever. And uh, what a huge loss uh, for the Dodger family and for baseball. Uh, rest in peace. One of the coolest guys I ever met, and what a joy to have known him and interview him uh, multiple times over the years. I just feel really lucky that I and blessed uh, that I knew Tommy Lasorda. Uh, and I feel terrible today that he's gone. It's just horrific. And obviously with Vin Scully and his wife passing and they're very old, uh, these things happen and it's just uh, devastating. So uh, my thoughts and prayers out to everyone, family and friends of Tommy Lasorda and the Dodger organization. All right, Mafia comes in now to talk. Uh, UFC and fighting. Moff, uh, we wanted to save these for today. I want to get into uh, which UFC champ you think has the most likely chance of falling this year, losing. Yeah, you know, I know I read the article that you were referencing with this. They talked about this. They debated it. You know, I know a lot of them were throwing out Yan there, kind of giving him shade, thinking that I know Sterling's a great fighter there. You know, Sanhagen behind him. Another guy's tough. But for me, the two guys that I'm watching out for the most are Volkanovski, even though they felt very confident about him because, listen, you know, to me, he already lost. You know, Holloway should have gotten that belt back in that second fight. I thought he was the better fighter in that fight, so I'm worried about him going against uh, Brian Ortega, who looked incredible against a Korean zombie. And then also you have, you know, Blahovich. Not to disparage that guy, but, you know, you're going to have Adesanya come up. He's going to fight him. And then if you get through him, you get, what, Glover Teixeira? Like, that's an easier, you know, prospect the way Glover Teixeira has fought, the way he just looked against Santos. I mean, those are two guys that are, you know, pretty decent danger of losing their belt against some great competition coming up after him. Awesome. So six UFC fights people want to see this year. Do you have them tab those fights? I looked at the, you know, their, their list. Again, it was a great article. And I, number one, I agree with completely. You know, Covington versus Masvidal. 
Now, there's two guys who had their problems against Usman. He was a guy who looks, you know, as one of the champs, probably unstoppable at this point in that division. And Covington and Masvidal are kind of that second tier. Both had great fights against them, and you know, both hate each other. You know, this would be perfect. We love to see the fights where guys don't like each other. It's nice when you have that respect, but you know, for us, combat sports all about the blood and then in the hate and the disgust. And that's what these guys have. Former teammates just do not like each other whatsoever. That'd be a great bout to have to see maybe who gets a shot at Usman again. Uh, you know, the Rose Namajunas get another shot at the belt would be a great one as well. She looked pretty good in her return so far against Andron. Uh, you know, Figueredo versus Cejudo, that's one I want to see. But so we need to get through Moreno. Uh, you know, Cejudo, of course, has to come back. And Dana has to give him the money that he wants for him to come back, which, of course, is always tenuous at best. And this guy just never shuts up. I would love to see his mouth get shut up by Figueredo. But who knows if that's going to happen, being that he's not there. Uh, Shevchenko against Andrade, one they listed. That's interesting because Andrade's a former champion. Shevchenko's looked undefeated otherwise against everybody there. But I don't know if that's going to be a better fight. We'll have to see. And Jones versus the winner of Miocic versus Stipe. Of course, that's what we want to see. You know, that's the whole reason this guy's moving up there is to try to be a champ. So everyone else in that division has been pummeled by these two guys. And whoever wins out of them too, John Jones looks like a guy who could be next if he does everything right. So let's see it. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates on Sports Grid. You got Sports Map Radio, uh, Byline, Mightier 1090 in San Diego and Southern California, and of course, the all-new Sports Grid Radio Channel 204 on Sirius XM. Good to have you with us on a pain-free Friday on Coast to Coast on Sports Grid. Mavia Charles, Oliveira's manager, says the next fight has to be for the belt against the Poirier-McGregor winner, not Gaethje. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, Gaethje's coming off a loss. Sure, he was fighting for the belt, but he's a guy who's just coming off a loss. Oliveira on his way up after just beating Ferguson and dominating Ferguson the way very few have. And the only person who probably may have dominated him that way is Khabib, but we never saw that fight the five times they tried to make it. So this guy is hot right now. He's on the rise. Gaethje's coming off a loss. You know, maybe you give him the rebound. Maybe he's the next in line, but I don't think that's what this guy wants. Obviously, he wants to fight the champ, and that should be whoever wins Poirier Connor. They haven't stated that as of yet, but if you have that fight and one of them comes out on top, and then Oliver is sitting there, then you could easily make a title fight for those two guys. And I think that makes sense completely. Mavia, what is going on with Erwin Rivera of the UFC? Oh, that's not a good story right there. Obviously, you know, if you saw it on ESPN and all these other, you know, outlets right there, apparently stabbed his two sisters who were staying oh. with him this fight right down in Florida with a the brass knuckle knife. And, you know, if you read further into it too, it's not just that he stabbed them and, you know, he's getting in charge with attempted murder. But he said that he thought that, you know, like pretty much God told him to do it. And, you know, when you're having oh, situations God. like this, they talk about how he hasn't been right recently. They've had you know, mental instability worries about him. So that's one thing you have to worry about with all sports, but especially combat sports. And that's something we haven't really gotten into as much with the UFC. We've seen boxing and you know, some of those guys years later, how it affects them and ruins their brains like Spinks and Muhammad Ali. We're going to see it with the UFC, too, and they're starting to study that now. UFC's given, I think, $3 million at this point for brain injury studies. They're going to have to do it because you're going to have situations like this, and these guys don't have pensions. These guys don't have money to take care of themselves afterwards. It's going to be a very bad scene. Uh, Javonna Davis and Ryan Garcia, they're talking about them fighting. I think uh, Tank Davis will kill Ryan Garcia. Yeah, I think he will, too, and the interesting thing's going to be what happens after that because, you know, we've heard guys like Tiafimo Lopez say Tank Davis is avoiding him. So if he wins this fight, do they have these champ versus champ, or is this guy going to, you know, duck and run and fight somebody else? All right, Mafia, great stuff. Uh, have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week with all of our fights, Skinny. Uh, coming up, uh, we bring in Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider on Coast to Coast. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's been 30 years since the first episode of Beverly Hills 90210. 30 years since we walked the halls of West Beverly High and since we all hung out at the Peach Pit. Relive it all with Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling on their new podcast, 90210MG. We get to tell the fans all of the behind-the-scenes stories that actually happened. Join them as they re-watch every episode of the beloved 90s TV show from the very beginning. Listen to 90210MG on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Working hard 24 hours a day to give you your USRDA of the winning edge. Everything a growing boy needs. Sit up straight. Get it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. We always bring in Adam Kaplan, our NFL insider, on Fridays. Of course, you can catch it Monday, Thursday, and Friday on Sports Grid and on Coast to Coast. And you can follow him on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. All right, Adam, let's start with the uh, situation in Houston with the Texans and uh, unhappy Deshaun Watson. Uh, what are the stories about this? Uh, what's true? <laughs> what are we to believe? Yeah, there's a lot going on here. So after you and I did our segment on Thursday, uh, a lot of rumors out there, uh, starting with uh, my friend Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Uh, Mike is... Big in the rumor business, he has a, he's pretty provocative. He has puts a lot of stuff out there, a lot of interesting right. information. He was right in that Deshaun Watson is not happy with, with the Texans. That's what we're getting into first, and we'll get into the GM thing, which was also a fiasco. But let's get back to the – because they're connected. Watson, talking to a direct source tied to the GM search, his understanding was Watson was told owner of Cal McNair Jr., and Jack Easterby, uh, the VP of Football Operations, that he wanted to be including, included in some of the interviews uh, involved in the hiring process in terms of just being aware, wanted some input. And apparently he talked to Cal McNair, the owner, a bunch of times. However, moving this forward, talking to multiple GM candidates, they, though they were told that he would be involved, they never saw him on any Zoom session. They never talked to him. They never heard from him. So as far as they know, he was not involved. And that plays into what Deshaun's unhappy about, Pharrell. He wanted to be involved, and he wasn't. And then, as you know, uh, they went up hiring Nick Casario, which the interesting part about this was they interviewed some candidates early in the week, Monday and Tuesday. Multiple candidates were told that a GM was not going to be hired until Friday. Well, guess what happened? The news broke from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle that Nick Casario was going to be hired as a Texans GM. Well, that was news to some of those candidates because they were not aware of that. Uh, so Nick got the job. Now, the question is, well, why would they do that? Why would they go move so quickly when they, when they told the other candidates it wouldn't be done at the end of the week? Well, as I understand it, the Panthers, who interviewed Casario also on Tuesday, early on Tuesday. Right. The Texans, Scott, were concerned that Casario all of a sudden could get a deal with the Panthers. So they rushed the whole process. And Jack Easterby, 
who's obviously a friend of Nick Casario from the time in, in New England. And Casario confirmed that uh, during his, thir- his Friday press conference that they've known each other for years and he's a close friend. Right. Uh, the, Jack Easterby got him in there. That is absolutely 100%. All my information gathering, Pharrell, that is why this happened. It was all due to Jack Easterby's inclusion in the process. Listen, uh, let's be uh, clear here. He's a great hire. Uh, they had wanted him yep. before. And tried, I, yep. respectfully, I just, um, I frankly don't care what Deshaun Watson thinks. I think that uh, everybody knew that they wanted this guy. They got the guy they wanted. The, the guy that they got, Casario, is a fantastic hire. I don't see what the problem is. I think that Watson is upset. And, and deservedly for the great season that he had when everyone else around him, including the upper management, Bill O'Brien mess, the defense, uh, everything in that organization went south except him. He went north. He was playing great. Everybody else uh, didn't do their job. I think that's what he's mad about and just doesn't want to admit it. I, I think he's going to stay there and be fine. I think he's a great quarterback. Oh, yeah. I don't see why he should have yeah. so much say in the GM. He shouldn't, uh, though, the, the way I understand it in their building, when O'Brien was there, he's a good head coach. Let, let's not get, lose that. But as terms of a administrator for personnel and communication, I had heard from multiple sources, communication in their building was poor this season. And that went down, of course, to the, to the players. They felt that they weren't sure about how things were going. Uh, the, the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Uh, this blew them away. They, they really wondered, are you guys trying to win here? Are we trying to win? And that was a real issue for Watson. Obviously, he was a good friend, DeAndre Hopkins, who was traded to the Texans and then uh, to the Cardinals. Then you look at the competition they got back. An older running back, David Johnson, and right. a third-round pick. Really? That's all you got for the NFL's best wide receiver? So it was a nightmare season for Watson. You're absolutely right. He had a terrific season, and he deserves better. And, and Nick Casario, although they, he doesn't have a first or second-round pick, he believes in the draft. I talked to someone who's who's known him for years. Believes in the draft process. You expect them to get things turned around there. I got to be honest with you. Now, I agree that Bill O'Brien can coach. I think uh, what I've reported for years on my show and had all kinds of problems in Houston because I said it, was I do not believe he's a good personnel guy, not just as a GM, but as a coach. I don't think players liked him. I don't think he handled players well. There were players that thought he was a backstabber. That's all there is to it. And uh, coaching, I have no problem at all. I thought he could coach. But dealing with people and dealing with players and being an upper management on top of being a coach, I thought he was porous at all of the above. And by the way, do not be surprised if he resurfaces. There are some college teams looking at him, but as an OC, let, let, let's just talk about this really quickly here. Mike Vrabel is a very close friend. Mike Vrabel, of course, the Titans uh, head coach. Now, if right. Arthur Smith, their OC, gets a head coaching job, and a lot of teams want to talk to him uh, after the game this week, Arthur Smith is one of the top head coaching candidates, probably number three of, of uh, all of them out there. If he gets a head coaching job, do not be surprised if, if Bill O'Brien winds up with the Titans or certainly considered to be the, the OC if Arthur Smith moves on. Tell me about the uh, situation where uh, the Marvin Lewis interviews in New York, because I got a lot of reaction off of that on my show and on and off the air of people actually mocking that, uh, that if that comes to fruition, that'll be a mess. How do you think that one plays out? Yeah, so... Talk to someone close to him who said, look, he's not looking to be a defensive coordinator in the National Football League. He's a co-D coordinator 
at, at Arizona State under former Jets head coach Herman Edwards. But from as I understand it, the Jets are kind of looking at guys that have been head coaches before. They want to look at current coordinators. Arthur Smith is on their list to talk to. Brian Dable has done an unbelievable job with the Bills. Matt Eberflus of the Colts is their D coordinator. Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley, you're going to hear a lot about him. He's going to be head coach of the National Football League. He's turned around their defense with the Rams. And Aaron Glenn, the outstanding DB's coach. Yet, yeah, by the way, another ex-Jet who was a corner for the Jets. Uh, those are some of the guys that they want to talk to next week. They they already interviewed Eric Bieniemy. Now, Marvin Lewis, why are they talking to Marvin Lewis? Former head coach. Part of a turnaround program. I know it didn't end well. The guy never won a playoff game. But, Pharrell, you're a football guy like I am. You remember when he came in there in 2003 – he turned that program around. He got the their scouting department. He got through to owner Mike Brown to invest more resources in their scouting department and right. the coaching staff. And Marvin did an unbelievable job of turning things around. I understand he never won a playoff game. I get that. And it didn't end well for Marvin there. But Marvin wants to be head coach again, I'm told. He got that interview. And right now, uh, at least he got in there. And, and you know what? He wants to be head coach again. He might, by the way, if it doesn't happen in this round, I do believe he'll be a head coach again in the National Football League because the guy was a winner and he just was in an impossible situation in Cincinnati. So what's the story, Adam, on who's the hottest ticket? Is it Biennemi, Salah, or am I missing something? Eric Biennemi's number one. Robert Sala interview with, with the Lions. I'm told there's mutual interest between the Lions and Sala. He's right up there as one of their top candidates. Uh, well, they also have to see who their their GM is. That that's That's another team that has another GM opening. By the way, to start the week, we had seven GM openings. There's still six. Uh, yeah. Now, Arthur Smith, I would put number three. Uh, I do believe Brian Dable's right up there in the mix with those guys. He has to decide whether he wants to be a head coach right now. He's done an unbelievable job. No offensive coach, for real has done a better job than Dable of turning around uh, Josh Allen's accuracy issues. Josh Allen just under 70% completion rate. Unbelievable. Unheard of after he was in college at 54%. All right, when we come back with uh, Adam Kaplan, we'll dive into Sunday's three wildcard games, Ravens, Titans, Bears, Saints on Bourbon Street, and, of course, Sunday night, Steelers, Browns, no Stefanski. Let's see what Mayfield and company can do against the Steelers at the ketchup bottle on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. More of a bloodletting down in Dallas, I'm hearing, Adam Kaplan. What happened this evening? Yeah, so the Cowboys, it's, it's the timing is a little surprising. Mike Nolan and Jim Tomsula. Mike Nolan's their D quarter. Jim Tomsula, their D line coach, they're not going to be brought back by the Cowboys. You know, here's the thing with, with Mike Nolan. He, he, he runs a 34 defense. The criticism was simply this. You're going to change. The thing you don't want to do during a pandemic offseason is change their defense because you're asking the guys to, the defensive players to learn a lot when not, not being able to be on the field in April, in May, in June, and for the better part of August. And it showed their defense, for the most part, was horrific, but it was mostly because they put in a new defense. Had he been brought back, and if we had an offseason, it certainly would have been better. And Tom Sula, by the way, I'm told at one point in his career, he was the highest paid D-line coach in the league. He's a good coach. He's been with a bunch of teams. Niners, obviously, was the former head coach. Uh, Washington and Dallas uh, and a couple other teams. So he's available. I, I would expect Tom Solita to be added to a team rather quickly. But uh, Mike Nolan being out is no surprise because, quite frankly, their defense was bad. Now, Dallas, Mike McCarthy, it's his call. He's the head coach. He's now looking for a D coordinator. They still like Kellen Moore. They gave him an extension because uh, what was the rumor he was going to roll back to Boise, perhaps? Boise. Yeah, in fact, what they look, that's his alma mater. That, that's, that's where he played. And the, what the Cowboys did, they significantly increased his money. And Jerry Jones will never be outbid by, for anybody or by anybody. So uh, they gave him a nice raise. He's back. Terrific, terrific coordinator. Young guy, a former longtime backup for the Lions and – done a really good job i i uh i know talking to the coaches they they think he's one of the smartest offensive coaches they've ever been around it's pretty pretty amazing transition he's made from being a journeyman backup quarterback being quarterback coach for one year and then being a coordinator he's done a darn good job of it let's talk adam about uh what you and i agree is the best game uh on sunday at the very least you say for the whole weekend it's the ravens and titans in smashville let's break it down this is the hardest game to pick for me of the super wildcard weekend of these six games. This is the first game on Sunday. Now, when you look at it and you set it up, it's obvious. Both teams, best running teams in the National Football League. You know they want to come in running. But the thing is, and the word around the league is, if you want to beat the Titans, you better throw the football. They have an awful secondary. They have no pass rush. Jadavion Clowney didn't work out for them. He also got hurt. They just don't have a pass rush. To me, you got to come out throwing. I know they're not going to throw the ball 40 times, but you got to attack the secondary there. I expect Hollywood Brown, their their first round pick at wide receiver, Mar Marquise Hollywood Brown, to have a big game. Shot plays downfield. Uh, this should be a fun game. This absolutely is a very tight game, very hard to pick. I'm leaning toward the Titans. But one thing on AJ Brown, I'm told he will play. He, he missed the last two days of practice. He's got a knee and hand injury. Uh, right. He's had knee and ankle injuries almost the entire season. He's been on the injury report just about every week. But I am told he will play despite missing practice the last two days. I mean, that guy, that play late in that game last week, that deep post pattern bomb that they went with was just so gutsy. What kind of coverage I was that his, by Houston? I love his yeah. size. I mean, uh, I just think that if they take advantage and manipulate his size and ability to get up, now I'm hearing it's an ankle. You're telling me it's a knee or is it both? Uh, he's he's had knee and ankle injuries the entire season. Um and the hand injury, by the way, the hand injury is new. This is new for this week, but uh, I am told he's definitely playing. They wanted to be, they wanted to be cautious with it because they didn't want him to get out there uh, and have anything happen in practice. Remember, they they do have a walkthrough uh, on Saturday, but again, I'm told he's going to play, and they need right. him. And Corey Davis, by the way, 
in their matchup in week 11, he had over 100 yards on his five catches. Corey Davis, by the way, he's on his – they did not pick up his fifth-year option. He was a surprise first-rounder in the top 10 uh, in that 2017 draft. But he's actually really helped his career. He, he's had a breakout season. So the Titans have not decided whether they're going to resign him or not. But he's been in the mix to come back potentially, after, even if, though they declined his fifth-year option. So, Adam, what kind of pressure do you think the Ravens are going to get on Tannehill? And everybody talks about shutting down Henry, and no one does it. Do you think he'll go off on Baltimore? Yeah, here's the interesting thing when you look at Ryan Tannehill's career. When he was with the Dolphins, the word around the league is, hey, make him a thrower. If, you, if they're behind, he makes bad mistakes, and that was mostly true. But here, now obviously, he's got the NFL's best running game with Derrick Henry, obviously. And when you look at it, he has shown, though, a little bit when he's been asked to do it, to come from behind. But the way I understand it, it's kind of like the Ravens. They want him throwing the ball less than 30 times per game. And that seems to work. That, that to me, is a magic number. When he throws under 30 pass attempts per game, it's almost certain they're going to win. And that's obviously, if you're Greg Roman and the Ravens, that's what you want from Lamar Jackson. And we know, because we've seen it, Lamar Jackson simply cannot bring the team from behind. He's never been able to do it. Great regular season quarterback. Awful in the playoffs so far, but I'll tell you what, if I'm Greg Roman, and I know they run the ball, he's their offense coordinator for the Ravens, you got to come out throwing. And getting after Tannehill, not easy, but the Ravens have a great front. They're the defense that could do it. I cannot wait to watch this game. To me, this is by far the best game on, of the six on the docket. I got to tell you, the uh, the key for me is Tucker. I, I don't think uh, Tennessee, I, I'm worried about their uh, special teams and kicking. Uh, like at the end of that game last week, the, it hits the upright and bounces through. They got lucky. Uh, this guy, Tucker, doesn't need luck. He could be the difference in that game. Let's shift to Bourbon Street now. Bears and Saints. And you know, we've talked about Trubisky. He's been, in my opinion, very solid for the Bears, but not when they're playing from behind. And he showed it last week against the Packers. And I think they're going to be behind in this game the entire day. I do. This is blowout city. This is the biggest blowout of the week and even worse than the Bucks game. Uh, to me, it's going to be like 33 to 17, 33, 14. Let's start with the Bears. They've got three key injuries. Their nickel corner buster screen is out once again with his concussion. Roquan Smith, their outstanding inside linebacker. He hasn't practiced this with an elbow injury. He's very questionable. Darnell Mooney, uh, he has an ankle injury. I'm told he was in a boot this week with that ankle. Uh, he didn't practice at all. They need him. He is really, really good. They usually take one or two shot plays downfield with him. That's going to be a problem. So what they'll do is, Patterson, uh, the returner, he will actually be uh, – he'll fill in for Mooney uh, if he cannot play. Now, the word around the league with Trubisky is this. Super accurate of late. but And I would agree with your assessment here. He's another quarterback. Stay stay ahead of the sticks. Don't play from behind. Don't put him in third and eight, third and ten. When he does, he tends to press. They're in trouble here. I, this Again, I, I don't see any way this game is close. Adam, I I think that Mitchell and and Nagy are going to survive this. I think they'll be back, um, you know, in Chicago next year. I really do. With all the other openings, I don't think that's going to be one of them. I know uh, talking to the Bears privately about Trubisky, they they are blown away with his accountability, his willingness to learn. Uh, even though he's a first round pick, there's no entitlement here. This kid has been a great story of kind of redemption late, but again, they're, they're probably going to get blown out. I, you know, I'd said on, on your show here on Sports Grid a couple times, I didn't see any way he would come back, but I could tell you from talking to the Bears, I hear some, hey, you know what? Maybe, just maybe he'll come back, and he's yet another player 
that did not have its fifth-year option picked up. I actually believe that uh, people don't understand the city of broad shoulders, how tough it is to make it in Chicago. Uh, people treat it like it's not, uh, you know, it, you know, New York. I mean, the pressure in the Windy City has always been extreme on quarterbacks and coaches. I think the kids handled his business. The fact that they lost all those games and then he got back on that horse and got them to the playoffs. Any way you slice it, you can say whatever you want. He deserves that gig, and they deserve to bring him back and that coach. I think they earn their jobs. That's all there is to it. It doesn't matter what all the talkers, all the TV hosts, all the writers, all the fans. It doesn't matter what they say. Those guys have earned their job. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. Browns, Steelers, Sunday night. There's a lot of people saying Stefanski should be able to link up from home, and I think that's bogus. Yeah, no, he can't do that. I mean, look, he's he's able to, to have the virtual – uh, classroom environment. He's able to do that. He'll talk to the, the coaches uh, on Sunday morning uh, and it's Sunday afternoon before they get to the stadium, but that's all he can do. Now, I, I remember talking to Stefanski before the season started that he said, listen, he decided to call the plays because they had no offseason. It sure sounded like from him, had they had a real offseason, that Alex Van Pelt, who's going to call the plays, by the way, this week, would have been there, would have called the plays the entire season, but he just didn't want to give him all that on his plate. And that was a smart move by Stefanski. Now, a couple of good things that were positive today, despite all the COVID issues. They did get a practice in around 4.30 Eastern. That, that's a good thing. Remember, they were kicked out of their building due to the, the, the COVID spread. Uh, they did get back wide receivers coach Chad O'Shea. They did get back Donovan Peoples-Jones, a, a really fun rookie uh, who's cleared from the concussion protocol. They really need him because they're light at wide receiver in depth. Now, they're not going to have offensive line coach Bill Callahan. That's crushing. Uh, they're not going to have Drew Petzing, their tight ends coach. Here's the one, though, really sad. Joel Batonio, unfortunately, tested positive. Um, first ever playoff game, he won't be available, but at least the Browns got in. Denzel Ward, their outstanding corner, he's not available. Kevin Johnson, their nickel corner, he's not available. And talking to the Browns about Ronnie Harrison, their free safety, they absolutely love him. He just went on co the COVID list this week. He won't be available. Jeez. So listen to this, Well, Listen to this. So our th their top three corners are out. They're starting guard. They're starting free safety, their head coach, Jeez. their receivers coach, their offensive line coach. Good luck on Sunday to the Browns at the Steelers. Yeah, listen, honestly, it sounds like a hospital ward. Uh, they are screwed. What do you think the Steelers are going to do to take advantage of this? They have to beat this team. They're, they have no one playing. And by the way, Olivier Vernon, they're starting to end out with a torn Achilles. They're going to pass. They're coming out passing. You, 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 they're going to spread them out with their forward receivers. No one's deeper than the Steelers, your Steelers at wide receiver. You've got to do it. Attack that secondary. This, is, this to me, is a double-digit win for the Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, Adam, great stuff. Enjoy the wild card weekend. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll see you next week on The Grid. Thank you. There he is, Adam Kaplan. Are you guys ready for some pain day, pain day, pain day, pain day, pain day? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Do you ever wish you could get more from your podcast? Well, you can with BuzzFeed Daily, hosted by me, Casey Rackham. And me, Zach Safford. On our show, we've got more good news and more pop culture. 
more memes and more celebrity tea. More of everything that's blowing up your timeline and trending on the internet. Every weekday evening, we're giving you more of what you need to enjoy your day. Because what's life if it isn't to be enjoyed? Listen to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look, we're not saying all the other sports talk networks are backwards, but we're pretty sure they all have a favorite hee-haw episode. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, so the uh, Steelers are only going to let uh, family and friends into that catch-up bottle on Sunday night for the game against the Browns. The Packers are going to allow 6,000 fans for their playoff game uh, at the Cheese Dome. Alvin Kamara tweets, you're going to see him on Sunday. Count on that. Goff says he's ready to go. Metcalf and Lockett, uh, they provide the O. It should be exciting to see if Russell Wilson can get going with those two. And Antonio Brown has been phenomenal in my book for uh, Tom Brady. People can't say a word about his performance since coming back into the NFL. Everyone should shut up. Uh, Joe Burrow says he'll be ready for week one after his uh, injury. They're showing his rehab. Amari Cooper had off-season surgery. Uh, Aaron Donald, Travis Kelsey lead the NFL All-Pro teams. Unanimous selections, Carver High. I know we're going to get into some NFL skinny as well, but we never have enough. We talked to Adam Kaplan. Now we want to hear from all the coaches and players. Let's do it. Uh, Pain day, super wild card weekend, back-to-back triple headers. Let's go. And it starts tomorrow, Scotty, 1 p.m. Eastern in the great city of Buffalo, New York. The Indianapolis Colts go to Buffalo to take on the Bills in the below. Let's hear from Colts coach Frank Reich. They feel very confident heading into Buffalo. When you practice well, even though we only had the one day, there's a mindset and a feel and a vibe that you get during the week that it's not the same every week. It's close to the same every week. And I think we practice well and we meet well. So generally speaking, I feel good every week. And then there's some weeks where you feel extra good. So I'll just leave it at that. I won't express my feelings at this point on the matter, but I'll just tell you that that's, I think for me, in my experience, that's how it goes. I feel confident every week. And then sometimes you have a little bit extra, a little bit extra confidence. You know, I, I got to tell you, I was looking at uh, Rivers' numbers, uh, and listen, uh, Allen is so far above him now and, and all the way down the street and, and doing laps in the cul-de-sac over Rivers. But you got to commend him for what he's done in Indy. Let's face facts. He's thrown for over 4,100 yards. He's thrown like 24 touchdowns, only 11 picks. If uh, somebody said, would you take those numbers and sign up for that meal plan at the beginning of the season, I would do that nine out of 10 times, Carver High. People can say whatever they want. Like my son Gunner will say, River sucks. I'm like, if that guy sucks, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take suck all day with that guy because I think he's done a hell of a job with the Colts. Everything they needed him to do, not more than what he should do. He gave him everything he needed to do. And then the running game with Taylor and the defense and the coaching did the rest. No, absolutely. He's been great for them this year. He hasn't made a lot of mistakes. Um, you know, he, he you don't want to say he's a game manager anymore. You don't like to say that, but that's kind of what he's become. They hand the ball off a lot. He's a player, and listen, he scares he scares me tomorrow. He definitely does. Um, but I'm ready, Scotty. We've hit Friday. 
The Bills are going to win tomorrow. I feel good about it. Are they going to cover? I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to get involved in spreads. You know Whoa. how I am with the Bills. But I think it's time Josh Allen, Sean McDermott get their first playoff wins and they can get that kind of monkey off their back from last year against the Texans and really get going here in the AFC playoffs. So let's I'm get cooking tomorrow. Bust out the Bills hat or the Bills winterized jacket that you used to wear down at CBS. Uh, maybe the Bills blazer. I mean, you look fantastic, but I thought you would have taken your game to a whole nother level today. I'm, I'm disappointed. I got to tell you, I hope you do it tonight on in-game live because you gave us nothing today. You must like Smitty more than me now after all the years you've been well, with me. What you give me. The, jacket, the jacket has always been reserved for game day. You only wear the jacket on game day. Now, there's you a here's the question. Here. I, yeah, but when they played Monday night or when they play, that's when I've worn the jacket on here. Listen, will I be wearing it at five o'clock tomorrow, or will it be back in the closet when I get on the air with Smitty? That's the question. At five o'clock tomorrow, do we still have the Bills jacket on after right. a win? We'll we'll find out. Game two tomorrow: Rams and Seahawks in Seattle. Jared Goff hopes to play. If not, it'll be John Walford. Let's hear from Pete Carroll. He wants to see his offense come up with some big plays in this game. We always want more. You know, we always want to do better and, and do more. There's no question. Um, we have, we have played some games kind of the way we wanted to play them, and to, and that wasn't to just try to you know stretch the field with the throwing game. We want to win the game, and we want to take care of the football and make sure that we're in control of the rhythm of the game as a team, and I felt like we got that done. Um, but we no, we'd like to we'd like to get our explosive plays back up. You know, that's been a little bit different for us, and we got to uh, look for opportunities, you know, but um, we don't want to force those. You know, we just want to take them as they come to us and make sure that we're executing really well. I mean, Seattle should win this game, and if, if Walford is going to play, uh, I thought he did a great job last week, but in a playoff game, there's no way I'm taking him. Uh, if Goff goes, I think the Rams and that defense will give Seattle fits. If Walford goes, Seattle rolls. I'm going Rams money line, no matter who the quarterback is tomorrow. I think Walford could beat him. I like Whoa. the Rams in a rock fight what? to win a low-scoring 16-13 type what? of game. Look I think you. the Rams D rules the day. Let's go, baby. Nice game. You. Bucks and the WFT, the Washington football team. Mike Evans has been the talk all week. Will he play? Alex Smith and Taylor Heineke for Washington could rotate at quarterback. Here, Scotty, is Bucks head coach Bruce Arians. He hopes that Mike Evans will be out there. He's lived there. in the training room and done a great job with it. And then obviously in the meeting room, staying off his feet. And, uh, you know, today's the first day we tried to do much uh, of active movement. And, uh, you know, it was okay. And uh, hopefully we'll see how sore he is tomorrow. Carver High and I know many secrets about the Buccaneers, including the size of Mike Evans' feet, hands, and toenails. Gigantic claws he's got going off of those things. Bigfoot style. He'll be in that game. The Bucs are going to light up Washington like a bong. Talons he's got uh, down there on <laughs> his feet, man. He's got those crawlers. Let's go to Sunday now. Ravens wait a minute, and wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So we're on the elevator in Lipstick City. Oh, here we go. And we're in the Intercontinental on like floor 80. And, and I'm like standing next to Evans and, and Carver eyes across the elevator looking right at me. And I gave him one of these. I went, <laughs> I gave. 
And I gave him the look down to the feet. And then Carberhine yeah. looked down. And he saw those creepy crawlers coming off of his feet. And Carberhine spit out laughing. And he still oh. had 58 floors to go. The guy's toenails were like right out of a bad murder movie. Evans thought I was nuts. I looked at the ground. I couldn't contain myself. I was laughing so hard in that elevator. Uh, he had he had some crawlers down there, man. It's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> Titans and Ravens. Son, more than once Titans. a year, does fungi. I mean, it's oh, a six-hour flight. Come on, you guys. You got your own area in there. Go in the bathroom. Here we go. Ravens Titans Sunday. Mike Vrabel thinks that his Titans are ready to go against Baltimore. Let's go. I hope mentally we're we're sharper than ever. Uh, we better be. Uh, it's a huge challenge. It's a huge opportunity to be able to host a playoff game, to, to be in this position. So I hope that that mentally uh, we're, we're sharper than ever. And I think that that's one challenge that you face is sometimes when maybe you don't feel great on, on a Wednesday or Thursday after a game is that you have to try to, um, you know, n- not trick yourself a little bit, but you have to be much more into it mentally. Yeah, here's your mental. Uh, can Lamar Jackson throw the ball all day in a playoff game on the road? How's he going to be if they're down? How's he going to be if they're up? Uh, and can they stop Henry, that machine who just steps on necks and stiff arms people? And I love Tannehill. He's turned into such a gamer in Smashville compared to the wussy that he was in Miami. Bears and Saints, the middle game on Sunday. As we know, the Saints have been knocked out in some tough ways the past few years. The Bears at 8-8, eight and eight, quote-unquote, backed into the playoffs. Matt Nagy does not want to hear that. But here he is, Scotty, giving you a good synopsis of how teams uh, qualify and how the NFL playoffs work. Any way you look at this thing, it's crazy. It's unlike basketball and baseball where you have a series and you might have one bad game and all of a sudden you can recover the next game, or you might have two or three bad games and you can win four in a row in a seven game series, not in football. You know, you're playing three hours and you got 65 plays to put it all on the line on one side of the ball. And so it's crazy how you can play all these months and put in all these practices and all these meetings. And it comes down to, to basically three hours and whoever plays better in those three hours, you can forget the record. And so you look back at those games that they've had, they've had some tough ones, but they're, they're always there. So you have no idea, but I've been on an NFL team traveling with the Steelers. You and I have been around even the Buccaneers in Los Angeles. And just so you know, you see the game on Sunday, but you have no idea. They literally go to a hundred meetings, each player uh, nonstop. They're in meetings. They, I'm surprised they even feed them. I mean, and their training table is the size of, of California. They eat so much food. But they go to meetings literally for 18 hours a day, and then they eat, and then they sleep. That's it. They barely sleep. So trust me, you, the work that goes into this in the, in the meeting rooms and film rooms is beyond anything that you as a fan can even comprehend. Well, last couple of meetings of the year for Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears after that game in New Orleans on <laughs> Sunday. Right. The, the night game, Steelers and Browns, we were, of course, just talking Let's about it. We were talking to Alan about it. Here's, here's a comment, Scotty. I got to play you a clip. This has been getting a little bit of juice uh, around Cleveland the last 24 hours. Here Go is ahead. Juju Smith-Schuster saying, yeah, I got no problem playing the Browns. They're the same old Browns. Here's Juju. You feel like That's this right. Browns team is has a different vibe, a more successful vibe than what you've seen in the past from them? No, nah, I think they're still the same. <laughs> I think their nameless great faces. 
Um, yes, they have a couple good players on their, on their team, but at the end of the day, like, we, I don't, I don't know, like, it's, it's the Browns, it's the Browns. Um, and that's just, like, one of those things that, you know, AFC North football, and you know, they're a good team, but um, I'm just happy we're playing them again, you know, this, this Sunday. All right, now, a lot of people can only hear us on the radio. I just want to say, if you're watching us on the TV side, that jacket he had on was clearly the table spread that Patino made love to the Italian waitress <laughs> on. <laughs> that was it right there. All right. All right. Uh, that that one, geez, Patino. We got the Patino restaurant reference in for the day. Uh, so, all right, Scotty, here we go. One last time for everybody before we get out of here for the weekend, Super Wild Card Weekends. First, AFC games. Here they are. Colts, Bills, Bills minus six and a half. Ravens minus three. Steelers minus six. What do you got? I, I mean, honestly, Bills win, Colts cover, Titans win outright and cover, Steelers roll, lay it. And then uh, the other games, obviously, NFC. same thing. Seattle wins. I'm going to go Rams cover the number. I got it with four and a half. I don't like it where it is now at three. I got Bucks lay it, seven and a half. Christ, that's beautiful. They'll be up by that five minutes in. And then uh, Saints, same thing. They're going to win by three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I think there'll be a couple of ups. You know, it's it's tough. It looks very chalky right now because it just seems like Tampa, New Orleans, Pittsburgh, Bills. I just got a feeling, Scotty, one of those four, somebody's going to get clipped, and I just hope it ain't my team. Three of them are going to uh, cover. <laughs> three of them aren't. I think three yeah. uh, dogs uh, cover, and I think three favorites cover. Uh, the Bucks, Steelers, and Saints cover. Bills, uh, Seahawks, and, and uh, Titans cover. So I think it's going to go right down the middle in terms of uh, it's not going to be all chalk. Over in the – I love the over in that Titan-Raven game. I think that game's going to be nuts. Uh, 42-38. I just can't believe I'm going to watch football all weekend. I'm not even talking to people that I like. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hi, this is Bowen Yang here, and if you're as excited as I am about the upcoming fourth season of Search Party on HBO Max, then you'll want to tune in to Search Party, the podcast. I'm sitting down with the creators and stars of the dark comedy to delve deeper into the disturbing world inhabited by Dory, Drew, Elliot, and Portia. And to help us discuss Search Party's most prominent themes, we're inviting a very special celebrity fan to join each chat. Folks like Paul Shear, Vanessa Bayer, Busy Phillips, Taryn Killam, and Carrie Brownstein among many others. I couldn't be more excited to talk with these folks about one of my favorite shows on TV. So join us as we review classic moments, share behind-the-scenes anecdotes, and analyze the complex characters and unpredictable plot lines that make the series oh so much fun. Search Party Season 4 comes to HBO Max on January 14th, with Seasons 1 through 3 available now. Meanwhile, subscribe and listen to Search Party, the podcast, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Pharrell back on Coast to Coast. Game time decisions coming up, top of the hour. We'll see you tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. 
with Pharrell on a bench on YouTube search Sports Grid Radio and on 204 on Sirius XM on Mightier 1090 and uh, looking forward to that. So uh, the anniversary of the Music City uh, crazy forward lateral. That's what that was. That was the worst call in NFL history, but the Bills haven't won a playoff game since. Carver High doesn't want to hear it. He'd kick me in the face right now if we were in the same studio. If the Bills win and the Steelers win, they would meet. I still think that was a terrible call in that football game. That was BS. And let me ask you a question, Carver High. Stars are not going to start the season on time. They got COVID issues. But how about the Corey Crawford story? The guy signs an $8 million deal, and now he's taking a leave of absence. The Devils are screwed. Something's going on uh, personally or a family at home with Corey, um, and he left the team. Uh, Team made a statement today saying that he's going to be gone for a while, so hopefully everything is good with Corey, his family, whatever's happening. And, yeah, the Stars already the first COVID outbreak of the NHL season. Their first three games have been canceled. They hope to start the week after that. Tommy John hospitalized with COVID. A Capitol police officer dies from injuries during the Adolf Trump riots. And uh, the FBI seen the public's help in identifying rioters. Uh, the guy that was in uh, Pelosi's office with his feet up on the desk, he's been arrested. Enjoy federal prison, you asshat. What a moron you are and all of your stupid-ass friends. They're going to catch you one by one. You're going to federal prison. Have fun in there, you hard asses. You think you're so tough. What a bunch of drips and morons and idiots and losers and terrorists. Absolute terrorists is what you are. Screw you. All of you. I hope you all get what you have coming to you in your garage door. hope they park that truck in there nice and tight. Other than that, have a fantastic weekend watching the wild card football games. I can't wait to just worry about going to the window, making some money. Tons of NBA and college rack tonight and all weekend long. I'll see you tonight on the bench. Carver High, good luck with your bills. Great job, LTN and Mafia. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good night. QAnon is the world's largest online conspiracy theory. Followers believe someone called Q is providing them with information about a deep state cabal within American politics. More than 70 US congressional candidates have either shared or outright endorsed QAnon material, but no one has confirmed the true identity of Q. We aim to change that. I'm Jake Hanrahan. Join me for my new podcast, Q Clearance, a series that aims to uncover the true creators of QAnon. Listen to Q Clearance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.